you want to make sure that your sleep is solid and you have a good foundation and a good sleep habit so that you can cope with external stress. Welcome to the Functioning Hot Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Murray, and that was a quick little clip from today's episode with my interview with Jillian Duncan. Now we're going to talk all about sleep today, how it affects our stress and how stress affects our sleep, our physical and mental health. There's all kinds of tips and tricks in here. Good stuff. So to find out more, go to theheartofconfidence.com forward slash sleep, and I'll include all the links and the full show notes there. All right, let's get on with the show. All right, this is a special episode today. We have my dear friend, Jillian Duncan, who is the author of the book Sleep and the founder of the Clarity Junction. She's also a podcast host and has all kinds of goodies on her website for you, which we will be talking more about throughout this podcast. But one thing that I wanted to talk about and bring her on today is the topic of sleep. And right now, especially, we have a lot of things going in the world, as you guys know, and we feel extra stress. And a lot of times when we feel stressed, our sleep quality goes down. So Jillian, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Hi, Tonya. Thanks ever so much for inviting me onto the show. I'm so excited to be chatting with you and to talk about this topic of sleep with you. Yes, thank you. So before we jump into sleep, will you tell us a little bit about why sleep became important to you? Absolutely. So my background is in neuroscience and biomedical sciences. So you would kind of think that with that background that I would know about the importance of sleep and a little bit more about it than, you know, most people. But, you know, my sleep was never my top priority. And I think I can honestly say that majority of people who I talk to, uh, they have the same feeling that sleep is not number one in their self-care routine. It's something that they just do and they don't know why they do it. And they just know that, the, you know, they get a sleepy time during the day where they, you know, during the night where they fall asleep for a few hours and wake up, start the day again. Mm-hmm. Now, my sleep has been, it, you know, as a kid, it was great. Absolutely brilliant. I would always fall asleep, wake up, fine. But since around the time of being a teenager, my sleep just never really stuck with me so I would be waking up in the middle of the night uh, quite often especially during the times when I was at university um, you know I would wake up I'd be worried I'd be anxious I couldn't fall back to sleep again and I would be extremely tired uh, my university days weren't you know they weren't leisurely days they were full on course days uh, you know lots of information and um, lots of lectures back to back and you know I never I really had a moment's rest from that lots of work so there was a lot of stress and a lot of pressure so that affected my sleep not to mention the fact that I um, I took a, a, a liking to chocolate covered coffee beans which um, <laughs> has a great caffeine content lots of sugar and caffeine um, to keep me awake during the day um, but yes we can talk more about that later in, in, uh, in the topic but uh, so that was my teenage years and then you know as I got into an adult again there was other things that affected my sleep my health I have chronic illnesses and, you know, pain and discomfort really upset your sleep. I've got 
issues with my stomachs. Again, during the night, your stomach and your organs are all trying to work and rest and do what they need to do. And again, it was affecting my sleep. But, you know, the the time when I really discovered that sleep was impacting my health and vice versa was that time when I needed to lose weight. Now that might sound crazy because, you know, why why would weight be a big concern? You know, I wasn't particularly overweight. I just knew I'd gained a few pounds and I wanted to lose them. But at the point when I was trying to lose this weight, I had, you know, two young kids and my sleep had been disturbed through that period of time. I didn't sleep really after having my kids, I would sort of survive on about four hours of sleep every night. Um, I'd get up, I'd do things, I'd be around the house, I'd catch up on chores. I'd, um, you know, I started my own business at that point as well. Um, so that went, that carried on for years. And it wasn't until my kids were at, uh, you know, early infant school days that, you know, I'd realised I gained some weight, my health wasn't great, and I was really desperate to try and lose this weight. So I did everything, you know, I cut back on certain foodstuffs. I'm not a dieter, so I just cut back on certain things and, you know, substituted it. And I exercised like crazy every day, exercising, and I wouldn't drink anything other than water. So you'd think, you know, that that would be the recipe to lose weight. Yeah, that's that's where I would start. <laughs> Absolutely. But it didn't, it didn't touch the weight at all. This went on for months. And, you know, I gave all the excuses, maybe I'm gaining, you know, water, maybe I'm gaining muscle, maybe I'm, you know, I don't know. And I didn't know. And eventually I did get to that point saying, is there something wrong with me? Is there Mm -hmm. something underlying? Is there a reason why I can't lose this weight? Um, But then this all coincided with a stressful period in my life. And when that stress started to lift, um, you know, I started to rest more and I took some sleep and at this point I was looking into sleep as well as a factor and I decided that I was going to you know make sure that I got more sleep because four hours was really not enough to survive on when you're trying to run a business and trying to look after two kids and that you know doing that for years has got a detrimental effect on your your health and your and also your mental well-being so um yeah I looked into sleep more and I decided that I was going to take more of an you know care of my sleep uh, my sleep habits And within a couple of weeks of getting a better sleep pattern and sleeping more hours during the night, my weight decided that it was going to fall off. It decided that it had enough and it was going to release from me. Um, And I started losing that weight. That is awesome. Yeah. So that for me was a huge wake up call because I thought, you know, if getting a couple of hours sleep, you know, getting sorry a couple of weeks of good sleep makes that difference to my weight gain on how I'm, you know, holding on to to weight, then what else is it doing to the rest of my body? You know, what is sleep deprivation really, what has it been causing to me? How, what harm has it been doing? And if I got better sleep, how would my life change for the better? So that's where I, you know, took my fascination for sleep because it's not an easy thing when you are sleep deprived or when you've got issues that affect your sleep. It's never the one reason. There's never just one reason why your sleep's disturbed. And it took me a lot of different ways and different paths as to, to how I can sleep in different situations. For example, if you are stressed, the the you know, what you would do to try and sleep if you're stressed would be 
you know, potentially different as if you were going through a period of pain. Um, right. You know, it's all different different ways um, to to address sleeplessness. But that's that was my my wake up call. Yeah, for sure. So on that topic, before we get into some of the strategies, what are some of the main health issues that come from not getting enough sleep? Sure. Well, as I was just saying, weight gain. So sleep really messes up the hormones that you have in your body. Um, if you, sorry, if you don't get enough sleep. Um, so you need to think about your body as being, you know, sort of a, a finely tuned, you know, creature that you are. And we all have rhythms in our body. Every cell has a rhythm. You know, it's got a pattern that it must go through. It needs building blocks. Sure, it needs certain nutrients in order to uh, to work. But it's it's got this sort of rhythm and routine that it has to go through. And that's the same with every single process in your body. And that includes sleep. So when one of these systems is off kilter, it tends to affect all the other systems. So we're talking about weight. We're talking about when we don't get enough sleep, that affects the hormones that send the signals from our brain to our stomachs to say whether we're full up or not, whether we're still hungry. It you know, can produce extra acids to make us feel hungry when actually we're not hungry. And also it can mess with the signals in our brain and um, in different parts of our brain, particularly um, those areas where I like to talk, think about it as a toddler brain, um, you know, where we have this, you know, I want system. It was very mm-hmm. um, primitive area where we have RJs and needs and and wants. And it's that kind of goes hand in hand with sleeplessness. So when you are tired, you're more likely to give in to those sort of urges. So I want a donut and you're tired and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to eat a donut because I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to fight with this voice in my head anymore. So our food choices really, really get affected. So you've got this really vicious circle of, you know, being told, you know, your brain telling you that you want a particular type of food that's usually high calories, high fat, high salt, processed, high sugar, maybe caffeine, you know, all those foods that you really shouldn't be having regularly or a lot of, your brain's telling you you want it. You've got the system going on saying, you know, something that I'm really hungry and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to eat it. And then you've got a system going on saying, you know something, I'm still hungry. I'm not full up. I need more of this. Mm-hmm. So that's it's almost, yeah, it's almost like it affects the impulse control and the rational thought process behind all of it. And it kind of takes you more to, I love the idea of like a toddler brain Yeah, where you kind of retreat to that little kid where you're just yeah. satisfying what you want, but you're not really focusing on and whether or not that's really what you want or or if it's just lack of sleep and all those other systems that are being disrupted. Does that sound about right? Yeah, it's almost like we we lose our reasoning. And also with uh-huh. the physiological responses that we're getting, we cannot realistically uh, or reasonably argue with that brain center we can't actually say no we we don't need this because we haven't got proof that we don't all we know is that we've got the urge we've got the signals the two marry up together and you just go for it so it's very very hard um you know again even if you are eating very healthily and you are 
you know, resisting urges to eat donuts or whatever right. your weakness might be, chocolate, crisps, chips, whatever, then your your body's still telling you that you're hungry. So you might be mm. eating the healthiest of diets, just like I was when I was trying to lose weight. I was eating the healthiest of diet, but I had no stop on that. Mm. You know, I'm still hungry. And so what happens is I just eat more and more and more and more. And so that gains calories regardless of what you're eating you just have bigger portion sizes so yeah you just don't have that natural cut off you haven't got that sort of sensible head on you at all um and you've got the physiological urges and that can lead to other issues so you've got this weight gain and you've got this problem with your eating and the cycle now that can also lead to things like type 2 diabetes because Mm -hmm. you know you're gaining that weight you're you can become at this point, you know, insulin resistant. Um, there's a whole lot of reasons why why you can get through through to this point. But again, that that has a knock on effect with diabetes. Obviously, has a knock on effect with other systems in your body, so it can influence your your heart. Um, and again, that's you know, poor heart health is another consequence of lack of sleep. We need our body to rest. We must rest at night. And, you know, a a lot of us think it was just so that we're not grumpy in the morning, but we have got organs that work for us 24-7 all the time. You know, we we don't give them rest. They can't rest. They've got to keep going. And we take them for granted. I mean, let's Mm -hmm. face it. Do we ever stop and think, oh, my heart's beating quite rapidly at the moment. I better sit down and let it rest. Or, you know, I'm breathing um, let's praise my my respiratory system because it's doing all this. My you know my stomach's digesting food. Whoa, my stomach! We don't think about it. We take it for yeah. granted, and so our body needs the sleep at night and the rest at night for our for our organs and our muscles to relax and to repair and to rebalance. And when it comes to something like our heart, you know we're talking about blood pressure here. We're wanting to lower that down. We want to just take that pressure off of our system so that we can restore and have that time out for our our organs. Yeah. So one of the things that you mentioned was the heart, the heart health basically and our blood pressure and all of that. So going back to kind of the stress and the things that we're feeling now, that's where I feel a lot of stress is I feel my heart beats a little quicker. I feel more nervous. I, I notice things around my heart more when I'm stressed. So how then does your sleep get affected when you're stressed? Because I think a lot of us probably have some sleep um, changes lately with the stress that we have going on in the world. And how, how does that stress affect our sleep? And how, how does sleep help our stress when we get good sleep? You're so right there. I mean, honestly, Tonya, it's uh, a c- complete mix you know, when you're stressed, you don't sleep. And when you don't sleep, you become stressed. We, when we don't get enough sleep, so I'm talking about seven to eight hours of sleep for an adult every night. If we don't get that sleep every night, and I don't mean five days a week, and then we catch up with the weekends or we, or we, you know, have a night off or whatever, regardless if you don't get enough sleep in one evening, you are going to trigger off a stress response. So 
your body can't cope. It needs, you know, it's saying, I want that rest. I need to restore. I need to rebuild. I need to replenish. And the minute you don't get that sleep, it releases hormones into your body and it, it acts on a, on a stress level. So the last thing you need when you are getting external stressors coming to you is internal stressors already being there. So what I'm saying is you want to make sure that your sleep is solid and you have a good foundation and a good sleep habit so that you can cope with external stress. Now, at the moment, you know, we are all exposed to stress on some level or another, okay? Now, every day we are, there's always stressful periods in our days. But at the moment, as you say, there's a little bit more than usual. And we are finding it hard to cope you know Mm -hmm. and we are you know putting that stress into us our hormones stress hormones are raised so we need to find a way to deal with those stressors during the day in order Mm -hmm. for us to rest at night so then our body doesn't go into an even deeper stress response so I love what you just said about dealing with those stressors during the day so that we can sleep better I think you know I don't think there's very many of us that actually think that what we're doing during the day directly affects the sleep quality at night. That was really cool the way that you said that. That was a big aha moment for me. Yeah, absolutely. People don't realize really the impacts that sleep has on our health, but they don't actually realize that what they're doing has an impact on their sleep. Um, and that's where the you know we get locked in to this sort of downward spiral when it comes to sleep and our health and we never associate them together you know people don't really think about us having a rhythm for our sleep they don't think about uh, the circadian rhythm that is a natural process that we have in our body not just affecting sleep but affecting digestion and a whole lot of other systems that are going on we need to remember and really remember that in this day and age with all our computers and all our devices and the technology that's around us, we need to remember that we're not one of those. We're not a, we're not an, uh, a machine. We're not a robot. Mm. We are a natural being. And natural beings have natural rhythms. We have to connect with the world around us. It might sound woohoo and everything, a little bit spiritual <laughs> or whatever, but that's the truth. Mm. It's the truth. The energy that we have is derived from what is around us and what we emit out into the world affects others as well so we need to think about ourselves on a completely different plane and we need to start thinking about ourselves as being that natural being that has natural rhythms just like trees and plants you know they know in the springtime to to come up from the ground and to to flower you know flowers have all different seasons they come up at different times depending on the length of the day you know trees know to go into to the, their shutdown over the winter they know to lose their leaves to conserve their energy and and to last through the winter they know how to do that instinctively mm-hmm. and instinctively we know that we need certain things to keep us healthy and to keep us alive um mm-hmm. and in this modern day we've we've lost that We've really disconnected with that and we need to get back into that rhythm. We really do. And I think at the moment when we're when we're chatting through this pandemic, I think now people are realizing just how out of sync we are with the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, things feel differently right now. So 
what would be some main things that we can do to help improve our quality of sleep? Sure. I mean, I mean, the first thing right off the top of my head that I always advise people to do when in any times of stress is to look at the amount of exercise that they're getting. Now, I mean, I, I know that ev- everybody's situation is different when it, it's, uh, you know, revolves around exercise because at the moment we might be able to go outside uh, or we might not be able to go outside. But no mm-hmm. matter what our circumstances are, we can always do some level of exercise. And also, you know, people will come back to me and say, oh, you know, I've got an injury or I've got an illness, I can't exercise. And I say to them, oh, look at me. You know, I have got, you name it, you know, there's an area in my body that doesn't function properly. I live with chronic illness. I live with chronic uh, injury. So, you know, I've I've got bad knees, bad back, bad, bad elbow, I've got dodgy feet. Um, you know, my, my stomach doesn't work fantastically. Uh, you know, anyway, I've got a whole lot of things going on. And no matter what period I've gone through in my life where that illness has been flared up or it's been really bad or my injury has been fresh and new or whatever, then... I've always found a way. I've always had to find a way because that's how we we need we need to treat our body. We need to look after the areas of our body that do do work and do function well. So there's always a way around things. So that's number one. But exercise also releases endorphins. Okay, so we are talking about happy hormones here. We want to start increasing the amount of happy hormones that we have in our body because if we do that, what happens is the level of the unhappy hormones, the stress hormones that decreases. So we mm-hmm. want to swamp our body with natural happy hormones so that, you know, stress just doesn't get a chance. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the one thing. So we're helping our heart, we're helping our respiratory system. We're taking that energy, we're taking our focus away from our minds for a moment, because let's face it, the majority of our stress comes from our minds. We're taking that away ourselves out of our mind moving it back into our body and trying to get that rhythm back so whatever we can do at home to exercise safely and you know within within your own you know realm of ability then think about doing that need to increase the amount of exercise I mean looking back you know through days where you are able to get out freely and you go to work or whatever your routines have been and again, this still applies when the pandemic is over because stress comes in and we change our routines without even thinking about it. Our habits change. So whatever we did prior to that changing, we need to think about and we need to sort of zone in on how much energy we would have used. You know, mm-hmm. so if we went out to work in an office, we'd be walking, we'd be going up downstairs, we'd be, you know, going along mm-hmm. to talk to people or we'd be, you know, going out for lunch, you know, whatever that is, or going for a walk at lunchtime or in our breaks, whatever that is, we need to try and replace that amount of energy that we'd use and the amount of exercise that we'd have, but have it in a different circumstance. So that's my first big one is exercise for sure. Mm -hmm. So I feel like right now in a way is a great time to start some new routines or even around exercise, like, because nothing that my my daily routine looks completely different right now than it did a few weeks ago. So since I'm recreating it anyway, I might as well add in some extra exercise when and where I can. Sure. I mean, that's, that's great because you are taking that sort of negative situation, bring it into a positive one. You're creating more time to exercise in your day 
where you would just have been sitting doing nothing or something mm-hmm. else that may be worrying. So definitely, if you can, then you know make sure that you you move regularly throughout the day. And if you can, incorporate something new. But just remember, when we do go back into our, I would say, normal uh, behaviours or when, when the period of stress lifts or you know you get into a different way of life don't feel too pressured to keep up with the extra routines but just know that you're doing this through this period to help you and if you can continue it later then great but if you can't because of time restraints or because you're getting enough exercise anyway then you know just don't have that pressure on yourself and don't mm-hmm. feel that this is the time to like run out and lose weight or become a right. new you. This is not the time. <laughs> this is the time for self-care. And that's mm-hmm. a completely different ball game. You know, just be content, but just remember that what you're doing and everything that you're doing every day is for the benefit of you and nobody else and no like big thing. I'm back in the office and look, I've I've lost all these pounds and you know. Right. Right. This is not the time to do that. This is not the time. And it's too stressful. To, that will just add more pressure onto you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so other tips besides other exercise. Tips. Okay, so obviously hand in hand with exercise goes diet. Uh, okay, so I don't know about you, but it's so tempting at the moment to sit, watch the TV and open up bag of chips or crisps or um, the chocolate bars mm-hmm. goodness knows what we've got in our cupboards in fact it's amazing what we are finding in our cupboards because you know we're not going shopping as often at the moment right. so we're going into the back of the cupboards and finding all this this the stock of food and a lot of it is usually you know leftovers from you know Christmas stockings or whatever you know Christmas goodies like chocolates mm-hmm. things that are long, long-term processed foods so definitely keep keep your eye on what you're eating again this is not a time just to sit and comfort eat this is a time where you'd eat normally try and stick to your normal eating routines your normal eating habits you know stick to the same meal times try and sit at a table to eat make sure you plan your meals as well it's really helpful so rather than sitting there going oh I don't know what I'm going to eat today and then you know rummaging through the fridge or the cupboard and just putting whatever think about what you're eating when you're eating and you know think about those calories not being empty calories but actually nutritious calories because we need those building blocks in our body to help us with our sleep but there's also a reason why I say diet and it's not just about comfort eating and the weight gain side of things. It's also the comfort eating and the increased sugar content, the increased caffeine that we might be having and, you know, the salt. All these things affect our sleep. And one of the biggest things which I know a lot of people are, are doing is drinking alcohol. Now, mm-hmm. alcohol is one of those topics that is related with sleep and it's related is related to sleep in a, a sort of traditional point of view because we used to, well, a lot of us still say, you know, we'll just have a nightcap and that will help us go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so we'll reach for a bottle of whatever, we'll have a glass of it, and we honestly believe that that will send us to sleep. Now, alcohol isn't really the best thing to drink before going to bed. Um it can disturb our sleep terribly and it's a really risky habit also to get into. What happens with drinking alcohol is that you become, your body becomes dependent very quickly and the 
what happens is you the the effect that the alcohol has you need more of that each time mm-hmm. so one glass of wine for example if you have that one night and you feel oh i feel quite nice after that i'll have another one um you know that will soon leads to another and another because the effect starts to wear off very quickly and also we've got to remember that alcohol when we first take it is actually a stimulant um so it might give us a feeling of being relaxed but it also makes our minds a little bit more awake alcohol crosses your blood brain barrier and that's really that's really why it can really get in and affect your sleep but you know you're the 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 problem with alcohol is that it affects your sleep cycle okay so it goes in really quite deep when the sleep you as i was saying before your body has rhythms and your sleep has rhythms and through a normal night's sleep you have a cycle and there's different stages of that cycle and let's just say there's four main site four main stages to the cycle the last stage of the cycle is REM sleep, REM sleep, your rapid eye movement sleep. And that's the one that most people know about. That's the one that you, that's just when you dream. Okay. So that's when I like to think about it as being a big filing system. So this is the point where all the thoughts and all the things that have been going on during your day, all the, all the things that you haven't known that you've actually perceived. So any senses that have been alert, that's when it all starts to get filed and your your mind starts to make sense of it and you have these really weird and wacky dreams. Now, that's a really important point of your sleep. And also after that point of your sleep, you then go on to your next cycle of sleep. So in one night, you can have say about three to five sleep cycles. Yeah. And one mm-hmm. sleep cycle has these four stages. So what we want to do is try to get from the REM sleep stage all the way through to the first stage of your next cycle. And we want to be able to repeat that several times in a night so that we get a good deep sleep. If you're going to wake up in the night, the chances are you will wake up after your REM sleep, your REM sleep. And that's really hard at that point to get back into the next sleep cycle. So when you drink alcohol, the alcohol actually affects directly your REM sleep, your your phase of that sleep, because it shortens it. And if that phase is shortened, you're less likely to then go on and sleep more. Does that make sense? It does. I'm actually like, holy cow, mind blown, because in the big picture of that, if that is kind of where you process what's gone on during the day and start to kind of work through all of that, if you're not able to complete that that REM sleep and or it's shortened, you're really not able to process the stresses of the day or you're encoding them a little bit incorrectly. Like this is a huge, that's a huge thing for me. This makes tons of sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we need to really take care of our sleep processes because of that. You know, sleep is not just about physical rebalancing. It's about emotional and mental rebalancing as well. We have to we have to have that time for everything to to be okay, you know, to, to yeah. be processed and mm-hmm. for us to understand. Um, so yes, definitely when you have something that influences such an important phase of the sleep and also the that part 
that can actually tell you whether you you know are, are influenced the next whether you're going to sleep longer or not then you know we need to get rid of it you know alcohol is something that we need to if you're going to have a glass then we need to drink it earlier in the day so that we're fully digested of it um you know it's it's not it's not there in our brains you know it's it's not there influencing our our sleep behavior Mm-hmm. You know, no, I that, love that. I mean, that's just a short, that's just a, a slight change. Like you don't have to totally go without if that's one of your, your favorite things, just do it earlier so that you have time. Like how much earlier would you need to, to have like your last glass if you were to have one? I mean, certainly I, I mean, the habit of having a nightcap used to, you know, usually is just before bed, isn't it? It's usually about that uh-huh. hour before bed. Um, I mean, having a small glass of something with your dinner um, your evening meal is, you know, that sort of preferred um, time um, or with your lunch. Now, that obviously depends on how late you're eating, which is another point you've really got to watch as well. Um, you know, if you start eating late in the evening and then you're going off straight to bed, you're really, you know, it's it's not great for your system to do that. You have to give yourself some time for your meal to go down and to be processed you know if you go straight to your bed you're you're sitting there with a, a full stomach it's heavy you know your digestive system's working overload and you're you know at risk of heartburn and things like that so try and eat earlier in the evening and if you want your glass then of, of whatever you're drinking then have it then with the meal um but certainly not not soon before bed at all and not use it as a nightcap I love this. I'm taking so many notes. Okay, so I am. So we've got exercise. We've got not only what we eat, but when we eat and how alcohol affects it. Um, what are some other things to help us in- improve our quality of sleep? Sure. Okay. So there's there's loads of things I can suggest. Um, one of them is one I always suggest to to everybody, no matter what point they're they're at. Um, whether they're stressed or whether they can't sleep because of, um, you know, for, for 101 reasons or whether they're waking up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep. The big one I always recommend is to watch your your habits when it comes to exposure to screens. And when I mean what I mean by that is the exposure to your mobile phones, your laptops, your tablets, your television screens and bright lights in general when you have these lights going on, you know, right up to the minute that you want to go to sleep, you are again affecting that rhythm and that balance that you have in your body. Your brain doesn't understand the difference between natural daylight and fake daylight. Okay. So this daylight is a huge um, influence on our ability to sleep and how we wake up and everything so the circadian rhythm it has an effect on it now if you have your phone on or your tablet or whatever it is your television on and then you switch off and you decide right it's bedtime you know so you've either been watching it in your bed or whatever you put your phone at the bedside table and you just sort of switch the lights off put your head in the pillow and then expect to fall asleep then you're in for a big surprise because you haven't given your body to time to recognize the fact that it's time to sleep. You mm-hmm. haven't given your body permission to sleep. You've just basically said, oh, 
I've switched that off, so therefore my brain must switch off now and I must go to sleep. You know, we're, as I say, natural beings. We don't work like that. We've got to send the right signals at the right time in order to tell our bodies that, you know, this is a time for rest now. It's not the mm. time to watch a horror movie or, you know, some high impact drama or listen to, you know, full energetic music or, you know, find out what's stressful on your social media platform, you know, or have mm. an argument with somebody. This is not the time. This time before your bed, an hour before your bed should be time where you are focusing on winding down, turning the lights down, relaxing, you know, really reducing the amount of external input that you have. And it's all geared up to to sleep, really. Well, and I think this goes back to what we talked about earlier with um, processing what's going on in the stressors and things that are going on in your in the day during the day. Like this would include that because if you're checking your email or you're responding to stress in the evening or you're watching that stressful movie or that super, even if it's super fun, it still creates that those different levels in your body. And so by not processing those before you go to sleep, your brain's going to try to process them after you go to sleep and you're not allowing that rest. Is that right? That's absolutely correct. Because again, just like sleep doesn't, sorry, your brain doesn't realize whether it's, you know, natural daylight or fake daylight, your brain doesn't realize that the stress that you're watching or whatever. I mean, let's face it, you know, people write books and people, you know, write films so that they can entertain you. Okay. So they mm-hmm. keep you at the edge of the seat. They don't write them so that you, they bore you. Yeah. They don't write them to put us to sleep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They, they write them so that you, you know, get entertained by them. You know, so if you're watching something like that before beds or reading it or, you know, consuming it, then you are on alert and your mind doesn't it doesn't distinguish between whether what you're watching for example in a film is real life or fake life your brain mm-hmm. doesn't distinguish that because you we've all been there right so we've watched a film and we've been so caught up in the content of it and you know something's happened to the main character and before you know it, you've got tears running down your eyes or you know you're mm-hmm. you want to scream at the film or you can feel yourself tense you know your muscles tense like um, or if you're watching a scary movie, you know, how many times as a kid did I run behind the sofa? I'll, I lost count, you know, I, my brain just took on that stress. It just absorbed it. And it said, you know, this is what's happening. Run, be safe, uh, flight or flight. You know, we've got to we've, we've got to make sure we're protected. Same thing. It's exactly the same thing when we watch something on television before we go to bed um, or when we read it or when we absorb the social media aspects. You know, social, social media is another, you know, kettle of fish completely. It's it's very personal, you know, mm. and it's there to reach right in to you. It's very, it almost like breaks down a lot of boundaries and barriers that we have. We connect with people who we don't know a lot of the time. We've never met before and it creates bonds with these people and we respect them we maybe not even know them but we respect them or we take their word for the true worth that it is because that's what we do um you know our natural human nature is like that so whatever they post we get affected by it 
you know, mm-hmm. in one way or another. So we have to be very careful about what we are reading um, and what we are reading and what we're looking at just before going to bed. If it's a lovely positive thing, then great, you know, as long as it's a nice calm positive thing, then that's great, you know, because it's, it, it makes you feel good. When it comes to something that's negative or the news or, you know, as I say, a, a drama, then try and allow time before watching it to then go into bed. We must have that downtime. I always say an hour. I know it sounds like a long time, but honestly, it's not because we can all find things to do in that hour, whether it's to go for, you know, a shower or a bath or, um, you know, even preparing our clothes for the next day, whether it's, you know, going to brush our teeth, putting, you know, a bit of self-care routine. We might do some yoga stretches or, um, or I don't know. You, there's a whole lot of things that you can do before going to bed um, mm-hmm. that will suit you better than exposing yourself to that, that sort of stimulus before for bedtime. Well, and I think when it comes down to all of this, it's a choice, right? Like we can sure. choose to shut down and our phones and our electronics an hour earlier so that we can conduct some self-care and do some things that matter to us and that are good for our health. Or we can choose to continue what we've always been doing that's disrupting our sleep and adding to our stress level and our weight gain and all of that stuff. So I think it does just come down to, do you want to choose health or do you want to choose entertainment and distraction? It's a choice. Yeah. And I think at the moment as well, it's very easy to choose the distraction and the entertainment. Right. I think when you are stressed, you want to take your mind off of the problem and the issue that's going on in your real day-to-day life. And you know, whether that might be, as I say, pain and injury um, or something that's going on in at your work or your family life, regardless of what it is, you want to distract yourself and remove yourself from the situation. Now, we all know that burying your head in the sand is never going to resolve anything and it's not going to make the situation any better. So you can't ignore anything. And that's why I say deal with it during the day deal with it face up to mm-hmm. it and deal with it when it comes to situations like we're in just now where there's a lot of uncertainty we can only deal with it up to a certain point you mm-hmm. know we can action plan everything to a point and then a lot of it is out of our control so mm-hmm. when it comes to that you have to have faith as I know it's hard but you have to have faith that things will resolve you have to give yourself permission to take a step back and say do you know something I can control this and I can control that. I can action step this. I can put into play that. I can deal with this, but I can't control this other aspect. It's out with my control. I can't do anything about it. I'm not going to put my energy into it. Mm-hmm. I'm going I to cut that. it off. I'm not going to, I'm not going to focus on it because my energy goes into the things that I can do and mm-hmm. what I, you know, what I can actually action in my day life my energy will not go into something like worry it will not go into the stress it will not it will not go into that sort of negative behavior it's not going there and all so those things that, that you can't control exactly so we can control when we watch the television we can control you know what we read and what we do we can control when our bedtime is we can control when we wake up Again, big things. If you want seven to eight hours of sleep, give yourself seven to eight hours 
to sleep. And that doesn't right. include the hour before bed either. So, right. you know, right, I need my seven to eight hours sleep. So seven hours before I will wake up, I will go to my bed. I will put my head in the pillow. <laughs> I will switch off and go to sleep. It doesn't happen. You need right. that wind down time. So again, that hour before bed, get ready for bed, start going into bed, go into bed, sit in bed, relax in bed, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then put your head down and then oh, I'm sleepy, turn the light off. That's you. But right. really, you've, you, you've got to give yourself the hours and it seems so simple. It seems such a simple thing. You can't get seven to eight hours of sleep if you've only given yourself six hours to do it. And, you know, it's just not possible. So again, habits, routines, think about yourself as being, you know, a a human being, not a robot. Think of the fact that you are not in control of everything in your life, but you can control certain things and make sure that they're good things like your your diet choices, what you're eating, your exercise choices. Give yourself, you know, that ability to fight stress as mm-hmm. much as you possibly can. Because if you deal with all that during the day and you put your focus on not allowing stress to accumulate and to mount up to that point where it's going to disrupt your sleep, it means that when you go to bed at night and you do fall asleep and you do get those great hours of sleep and your sleep cycles aren't disturbed, then you're going to wake up even less stressed than before. You're going to be able to wake up with a clear mind, a healthy body. You're going to be able to face whatever it is that comes with you you know, with you that to that day. So if mm-hmm. you know if something bad happens or there's more stress that you read, you can cope with that and you can make a better choice. You don't have that toddler brain going, you know, something, you need to read this, you need to indulge in this, you need to wallow in the stress. Uh, you know, you need to get so drama dramatic over it. You you can turn around to that toddler brain going, you know, something, I'm in control. You need to be quiet. I've got the reasoning. This is getting turned off. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what the cycle's all about. <laughs> I love all of this. And Jillian, I feel like we could talk about this for like two hours more. So <laughs> yeah, oh, I sure could. I <laughs> right. So, so for those of us who want to learn more about this, because I know I do, where can we go to find more information from you? Yeah, the best place uh, to find me is at my website, clarityjunction.com. And if you go along to clarityjunction.com forward slash sleep, there you will find all the different things I do with in relation to sleep. So I've got a book, which is Sleep, Cure Your Insomnia, Improve Your Health and Feel Better Now. So there's a link to that. There is um, a link to my one-to-one coaching um there's also a link to my sleep improve your sleep course Uh, and there's also a couple of free downloads as well there so you've got a fun quiz about how sleep deprived are you so it tells you whether you're a a walking zombie or a bouncing bunny (laughs) or or a couple of other things um so it's a short quiz um that you can go along and do and there's also a free sleep meditation that you can download Um, and that is really helpful again as part of your self-care routine before you go to bed and also I find meditation extremely helpful when you are in that position in the evening and during the night rather that when you cannot switch off or you wake up and you can't fall back to sleep again I find that meditation is fantastic and there's a whole lot of reasons why that is I won't go into it just now but um but yes, there's a guided meditation that you can download and that means that you can 
put that on in the middle of the night and it will help you fall back to sleep again. Awesome. I love that. So before we tie this up, is there anything else that you think the listener should know before we, we close this? Yeah. Um, when it comes to stress, then I think we've all got to be mindful that things pass. That mm-hmm. the stress that upsets you today will not be the stress that upsets you two to three months down the line. That we all face stress on a daily basis. You're never alone with that. It can come from all different angles, but it doesn't mean that we aren't able to cope with it. Mm-hmm. And the best way that we can prepare ourselves to cope with stress is by making sure that we look after ourselves in the best way that we possibly can and not feel that this is a selfish thing to do and you know we need sometimes to put ourselves first with concerns with our self-care because if we don't do that then we can't look after the others that need us the most so mm-hmm. take that stress hit it out the park cope with what you can cope with and act on what you can act with at the moment the rest of it give yourself permission to walk away from kick it out the park and make sure that you take time for yourself to heal to rebalance to just reconnect with yourself and that includes your sleep getting a lot of sleep and then the rest of it will fall back into place and you can be the best person that you can be for not only yourself, but everyone else around you. Oh, that is beautiful. I love, love that. Thank you. All right, Jillian, thank you so much for being on the show. I am fascinated. I have pages of notes and things that I'm going to start doing right now, today, so that I can start taking care of myself a little bit more. I was better. I've had, I've had waves of this where I've done well and then times where I've you know, kind of lost track of it. So I'm excited to get back on my A game and take care of myself through sleep. And you've given me a ton of ideas on how to do that. And I'm so grateful. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much, Tonya, for having me. I love talking about this subject. And if I've helped you, then that's amazing. And if I've helped anyone else, then that's, you know, even better. So yeah, Thank you so much for letting me share my knowledge with you today. And you'll need to let me know how you get on with your your new routines. I will. Thank you so much. All right, my friend, that is all for this week. I hope you found some valuable insights, some tips and tricks, some things that you can apply to your life right now. I know I sure did. And there's things that we can do to make our sleep habits and our sleep in general better and be able to cope with the stress of life in a much better way. So I learned a lot. I took a lot of notes. I hope you did too. And I will have the full show notes as well as the links that we talked about in here at theheartofconfidence.com forward slash sleep. So make sure you check that out. Find Jillian. I would love for you to be able to work with her and improve your sleep, which will eventually and over time improve your whole life. So thank you so much for being here and listening to this special episode. I will see you next week.